Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Good evening all. I hope you're having a fantastic time. It is Tuesday the 29th of August and I got a hot take for you. I think, and this is because I know at least half of our viewers personally, I think we have the highest skilled listeners of our live podcast out of every podcast that goes out to the Warhammer community. And that, I genuinely believe that. Because we get like 10 viewers. I know like at least six of them are really good players. So, all of you who are tuned in right now, you're fucking fantastic. Living the dream. They're thinking, you're... am I one of the good players or not? You're not. You're on the podcast. Not them, them. <laughs> um, if, you're, if you're listening to this back... Um, Tune in next week on Tuesday the 5th, and I will say something nice about you as well. Uh, For any of our audio listeners, I just blew a kiss at you in case you didn't see it. So, moving on. Hobby Roundup. I was going to say dear and also glorious leader. Glear leader. (laughs) Glear leader. (laughs) What have you been doing this week in your Hobby Roundup? I have been doing absolutely nothing. Um, I recently... um, Became obsessed with golf. Um, oh, I'm here to, yeah, oh. a sport, a real life sport. Um, so I you've, you've hit that age, have you? I've, yeah, I've, I've hit that age where now all I want to do is just play golf. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a lot of golf, but I have literally moments before this show done a bit of hobbying. Mm. And you'll be delighted to hear that my race night is fixed up now. He had a poorly thin, it got broken, and it's much better now. I can hear the boos um, ringing yeah, that, that's, that's me and Scrivo, we're just booing you. <laughs> um, we, we'd never play Eldar, never have, never no, exactly. I sold my Eldar several years ago, it's fine. Kidnapped. Mine definitely aren't to the right of me. So uh, I have fixed my race night already for the weekend, because I'm going to EA Slam along with quite a few other members of the Plus, actually. Um, and uh, we're going to have a good time, hopefully. And I'm sure so we'll do things. Someone should do an ad for that, like a, a live reading, and just be like, EA Slam. It's in the hall, or whatever venue they have. Hopefully. Um, we're we're way too small to be sued Oof. by EA, as petty yeah. and miserable as they are as a, of a, a company. Uh, lovely stuff. Well, before I get us into trouble through copyright infringement, Scrivo. How have you been? What have you been doing? Yeah, I've been uh, getting some games in, but also a bit of hobby. So last week I finished off painting a repulsor because I'm cutting edge. I, I like to build and paint the things that everyone else built several years ago. Um, and I've just started building an exaction squad because they're totally fine. Nothing's going to happen to them. <laughs> God, I have put them as a kill them. team, so it's fine. Because in kill team, they're only average, so they're not going to be rubbish soon in both systems mm. they'll be just rubbish in one and really mediocre in the other one so how, how often do you play kill team um probably once a month if that okay fair play um, i thought it was going to be never to. so no it's, it's one of those things where and I, I do have orc commandos that i've played to the point where i could just literally turn up and just play them and not have to think mm. and i've got the necrons which were my kind of gateway drug to buying necrons as an army mm. so having these as a third different play style was kind of cool but dual purpose as well for if i ever got my imperial knights out which won't happen until they maybe 
get adjusted, but that oh, more that later, maybe, you know? We yeah. will be talking about it. I loop round. Mm. I'm also just picturing you like crushing up resurrection orbs and snorting them as your gateway drug. <laughs> yes. No, it's actually Hexmark Destroyers. Oh, yeah. Apparently three is the magic number to make you go, I want this army now. Fair. Fair. Lovely. Uh I have played my first game of 40k since Davies Slam, which I think was about six or seven weeks ago. Uh, I played Chaos Knight War Dog Spam with Kairos Fate Weaver, which is an incredibly fun army. And I played it into Tau with loads of railguns. And you know what? Had a great time. Went to round, uh, you know, round five. We had both had models left. We nice. were four points apart. It was what 10th edition should be. Um, you know, maybe we just ban, you know, four armies and then everyone else has a good time chaos knights would probably be banned as well just because they can take the towering fuckers but uh, i didn't take them because i'm morally superior um not <laughs> at all because are. not at all because they're bad in chaos knights that's got nothing to do with it so 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 how are we doing on the content front my man um slow I think is probably the word we'd use. We have, however, had the release of um, a very nice interview in which Ed interviewed um, Rob of um, Golden Ticket World Championship fame and glory. Mm. Um, so those are the sorts of things that we said we're going to be releasing on our Patreon, but we wanted to put the first one out uh, for free just so everyone could kind of sample the delights. So if you are in any shape or form interested in Takari, I definitely recommend checking that out. Mm. Or just um, winning events in general. Yeah, it turns out he's got some tips. One of them being avoid Eldar, um, and then you'll be fine. But well, no spoilers, no spoilers. No, that's true. Um, but no, he um, he kind of talks in detail about his game, his game plans, uh, sort of things. So it's um, yeah, it was a really interesting listen. I enjoyed editing it just because I enjoyed listening to the interview. Yeah. Um, also, if you want to listen to two crusty fuckers reminisce about you know Warhammer from being eight, yeah, Ed manages to talk about himself quite a lot. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if you've front, noticed. So. Um, I can't <laughs> shut up at any point. Uh, but uh, so, yeah. yeah, if you want to hear about Rob and Ed, then um, check out that interview. In my defence, we have known each other for quite a while now, and we a lot of the stuff I was talking about was shared history. Yeah. I will admit, not all of it. I think I probably mentioned when I started, but you know. Well, this one time, actually, I did this, and Rob's like, "Mm-hmm, cool." Yeah, I like to say anything. Yeah, he's such a lovely is. guy. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it was a really good interview. So um, definitely check that out. Um, shout out to our um, our affiliates, Composite Games. So if you check out the description below, you'll see there is a link. Mm -hmm. If you go to that link, then um, you will get some lovely Warhammer products um, at a good price. Okay, so Composite Games are the same as all your sort of your standard retailers. Um, but if you buy from them, we get a little bit of um, that money. And on top of that, if you use the code PLUS, which is also in the description below, then you'll get an additional 5% off. So, for example, those Tyranid lovers out there, I'm sure you might be fancying some pre-orders. Um, so, yeah, check that out. And then, of course, we have our Patreon, which is slowly getting up and running. So if you fancy um, checking that out, we've got some different tiers. And again, the link is in the description below. Um, but yeah, in terms of upcoming content, we started talking about potentially doing tournament reports like whilst we're there. 
Um, so um, Skari does them for his Drakari and that sort of thing. We've been talking about doing that. I think um, Lewis has volunteered to do one for LGT with his Tyranid Horde. So not only will he be trying to move 150 models in um, an hour and a half, but he'll also be filming it as he does it, like an absolute legend. It's a good um, job that he's he's so in shape. He's a he's a runner, is Lewis, and it pains me to say anything nice about him. But <laughs> being in good physical shape is going to really help carrying both the camera, the content, the channel, and the models. It'll be a harness, so, yeah. won't it? He'll have yeah. a harness on. He'll have magnetized trays. He'll have I'd extra love to arms. See that. It's going to be amazing. He's going to be a gene suit, basically. <laughs> I'm going to get to experience that tomorrow, actually, because I'm playing Lewis in um, Cambridge. I'm going to the Sons of War Club in Cambridge for the first time. Um, I'm going to use my tournament elder list into his tyranny. So we'll see if I can kill lots and lots of gaunts. I think the answer is yes. Yes, you can. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. I've never actually played this. I've never actually played him. So I think that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, um, we've still obviously got our eyes on various other pieces of content. And I've been making notes on a few different ideas I've got for new um, videos and that sort of thing. So watch this space. Not this space. This Not is the this podcast. Space. Do watch this space. Continue watching this space. When we finish, go and watch another video on the channel. There's loads of them. They're great. We're great. We're beautiful. More kisses for you all. Uh, lovely stuff. So <laughs> we've done all the positive stuff. I've tried to front load some real nice positivity because we're going to talk about things that we want to change, which you could look at positively, but it's not. It's some things are shit and we'd like them to change. So room at random uh chris has just been speaking scrivo do you want to tell me the the one sort of general change not an army specific thing uh but what's the first general change you'd make to the rules because obviously we're due some balanced data slate changes coming up before lgt next couple of weeks hopefully soon i would like to see some sort of consistent capping of devastating wounds mm -hmm. sort of like how we did at the end of ninth where a lot of lot of the rules generally got FAQ'd or eventually got released as to the maximum of six. And you kind of knew where you stood. Mm. It could spike, but it spiked to that six and it kind of felt like, cool, I don't, the whole game won't completely flip based on this one interaction. And it, it kind of feels at the moment, like it can swing a little bit crazy on specific things. Cause some of them do have those sorts of caps built into them, but others don't. So it's a lot of haves and have nots. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, we've kind of done the um, devastating wounds topic to death, but interestingly, yeah. that hasn't come up. That is a fresh take on it that we haven't had on the yeah. channel, as far as I've seen. Um, I just think they should get rid of it, put it in the bin. It's a failed experiment. Yeah, probably, devastating probably, wounds yeah. needs yeah. to die. But I, I think that's probably more likely a way that they'll fix it. Because um, they don't they... want to admit completely they've messed up, right? They'll go yeah. like, right, we over we overcooked it a little bit. Let's tone it down. Yeah, because a lot of the they've just printed a lot of physical, um, <laughs> yeah. physical paper rules, and then to less than six months later go, we're throwing half of it out. Um, it's not it's not a great look, and I can understand why they don't want to do that. So yeah, I like that suggestion. What are you thinking about devastating wounds, Chris, Mister Wraith Knight? <laughs> um, I think when you've got such a mod, such an important model that can abuse it. Um, that's where the power comes from. So you just can't allow models like that to have those rules with such insane damage. If you've got something that can do like what, I mean, I'm like, what other armies are really making the most out of devastating wounds at the moment? 
Death Watch, maybe a little bit. Yeah, uh, mm, not not so much. Um, it's I would say probably Imperial Knights. They have the Crusader who can spit out a reasonable number. Um, Eldar are the obvious one. Breaking the game, right? Yeah. And take it's um, the fact that this race knight is on a resilient body and able to kill all the tanks, but also to kill all the big blobs of infantry because of mm. devastating wounds. If you take devastating, and I'm just spitballing here, but if you take devastating wounds away from the Wraith Knight, is devastating wounds a problem in the game anymore? Uh, Eldar have, you'd have to fix all of the like egregious vessels for Eldar. Cause I think if you get rid of the Wraith Knight, you play with just the D cannon. Cause if you just spam three D cannons, even at the like cost they're at now, I think that still mm. covers you. Um, like I was, I was playing without a wraith knight, wraith guard. They're really good. You put the character in that gives you effectively a free fate dice to get more. more so, if we're assuming that elder get hit enough in other areas, that is then not as potent. In terms of all other armies, is there anyone who's really? I think right now that might solve the problem to the most part. The reason I'm not keen on it as a solution is we know. And we see that they do just release things that are fundamentally broken. Um, and I think if they leave Devastating Wounds as it is and not change it at a rules level, in six months, 12 months, 18 months, there'll be something else that's really egregious that breaks the game because of Devastating Wounds. Uh, it's a rule like with the Votan, where you're auto-wounding on fours and you're getting re-rolls. It's just something that fundamentally, I believe, shouldn't be in the game because it limits the design space so much. You you can't write rules that make sense. And then when it's inevitably too good, it gets nerfed. And then the rest of the book is just really boring in comparison because they've written something that's just really milk toast. Yeah, it's hard to... And, wow, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So just just get rid of it is, is what I'd mm. say. But uh, yeah, Devastating Wounds. Shocking none of you. Uh, we think Devastating Wounds should go. Uh, Chris, moving on, what would be your pick one? The, so uh... if I was wishlisting, I would say I'd like them to fix fly. Um, just it's so. I mean, I play out. I play Harlequins, yeah. and like Harlequins, I think actually would be quite an interesting army to play if it wasn't for the fact that your 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 sort of your standard old builds of all the bikes and the boats and that sort of thing yeah. just does not work around the terrain. Um, so in that regard, if we're wishlisting, I would like them to fix um, fly. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. So a, more of a realistic prediction is that hopefully they will fix the kind of the generic rule around um, the hulls and the bases and those sorts of things. Oh, gosh. Um, obviously, there's huge just, I mean, it was so simple in life, you know, just it was the hull. Everything was from the hull. I mean, I'm still struggling to always remember which what times am i measuring from the base which times am i going from the hole what happens when they charge me what happens if i was to have to disembark outside of a wave serpent or mm. like whatever like there's just so many things going on here which they for some reason and this has been a theme hasn't it across the rules they kind of just suddenly allowed stuff they weren't allowing before and it's kind of taken a lot of us um a while to go right what you mean i can now deep strike in and fire and fade or what strike and fade or um, whatever. Um, all these sorts of things taking a while to get used to. And it's a bit like, why would you just suddenly allow that when it worked perfectly fine in ninth? And this was something that just seems a bit of a bizarre oversight. So I know Rob spoke to the rules writer, um, one of the rules writers at his event at Warhammer World and was asked, what would you change? And he said about 
sort of the the um, the skimmer rules, and they said, that, yeah, we are actually looking at that. So that is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that um, that kind of just becomes very much cleared up. Maybe they've gone through every single skimmer and gone measure from the whole or the base, whatever's closest for everything. And then, bosh, we're, yeah. we're all happy again. Um, but, yeah, that is what I would quite like to see. It's a good one. Makes sense to me. Um, for me, I'm I'm going to be boring. Like honorable mentions, you know, you've got all the usual stuff. Uh, towering, obviously. Please just fix it. It breaks the game. Games Workshop terrain formats are actually quite good, but you're never going to play them because Imperial Knights and Wraith Knights just fundamentally break them. Non line of sight. Dear God, stop. Um, has anyone played against the Imperial Guard mortar spam list yet? No, 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 I haven't either, and I just like I'm already sad. So and I haven't. Miserable game. You either get yeah. it or you just lose. It. Yeah, it feels like a team's list because why would you play it when you could play literally anything else? <laughs> like, yeah, it's uh, yeah. We'll get Alex on it, Alex Chancellor. Shout out to you. You can start building all of the indirect tanks for um, October. Seems <laughs> seems great. Seems like yeah. good fun for all the good family. Time. Yeah, I'm gonna say con not controversial probably, but um, I hope they fix custodies because as bad as melee is, even if you try and do some jank with melee and your list leans on melee, if you come up against a custodies play, you're like cool, go you next. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, they've they they own the fight way the fight ways the fight phase in a way that's just not. Um, fun for anyone who has to play against them. And I haven't even played uh, against them yet. And there are things you can do, uh, and I'm sure down the line we'll put some content out. So, for example, I'm thinking about um, Chaos Knights at the moment. So if I come up against them and I've got, you know, three carnivores in my list, I will charge a carnivore at each end of the Big Ten block, and then I will put a stalker in the middle and just sacrifice that stalker so they can't pile in and hit me where I want. So, you know, they can put two models into each carnivore realistically not even going to bracket them and then i go ha ha and um and cleave through the unit but that's you know committing a lot, a lot of resources yeah. yeah and uh it, it relies on everything going right which is easier for chaos knights to do because they can move through walls and yada yada but it's very difficult for a melee army to do anything without just chumping out a load of models that um are gonna you know pay dearly anyone played against custodies i uh, yeah really fun army i wasn't playing a shooting army so i didn't sorry a, a melee army i was playing a shooting army so i didn't feel like it was that oppressive yeah it's just yeah. the normal custodies problems of oh god oh god oh god they're running at me i don't have enough guns um and then dying but it's uh you know oh uh, yeah it's, you line up all your shots and you just go i really hope they don't make a lot of four ups yeah yeah, yeah. i it had been a while since I'd played against them, so I did the the thing where you go, cool, so here's priority one, and I've lined up other things, uh, and I need to really kill, like, two out of the four things that I'm going for, and then you shoot all your shots, and you're like, oh, I didn't kill any of the things. Oh, no. Now I'm in charge range. This is very bad for me. And then I lost on turn two. It was uh, like, uh, yep, this is reminder how not to play against custodians. I hate custodians players who just run at you. Yeah, I, I, I love it when they sort of like feed out units and they, they're like, I'm going to play the slow scoring game because I've got really good primaries. <laughs> no, when they just run 35 models at you or Screaming. even worse, run 20 models at you and then rapid ingress 15. You're like, mm. oh, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. So custodies, that's my my pick there. Cool. So 
we'll go with you first, Chris, then. Let's go faction specific. Give me a really good faction in the game and some quick notes on what you'd change about it. Okay, so there's this army called Eldar, mm. and they've been doing quite well recently. Have um, they? Yeah, they're, I think, around the 70, 75% win rate. I, I, I could be wrong. I hear that they've got more wins now than Dark Elder had for the entirety of Ninth Edition. Is that is that correct? Yeah, it is correct. They won, in fact, they won 10 out of 13 events um, at the weekend. Just... Oh, dear. Um, so they're in quite a good place. So I would suggest they need to be probably toned up. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be such an interesting um, data slate in terms of what they do to Elder, because there's so many ways that this can be approached. <clears throat> My gut instinct is that if they get this wrong and they kind of miss the boat, like they did in the previous one, yeah, you know, they did make some minor changes and it's made like no difference at all. I, I will say I'm not <coughs> too upset at this, the limited scope of changes they made initially, because if they'd swung wide and gone too far, it'd feel really bad. And they did make changes that made a difference. It just didn't hit the top arms right. enough. Yeah. So I think if they swing and they miss here, and now there are still kind of top three armies in the game, it's going to be like just huge outcry. So I think, therefore, that they will go over the top. They will, they will try to go over the top. Mm. I think from my, my perspective, it's really interesting. Like, how well do they know the factions? Like, quite often when they nerf things it's almost like they're doing the things that they feel would be the right thing to do rather than actually knowing what makes the um the armies tick when you play like with lots of reps of them um so the if we go through like the general other things obviously the race night um the race night is incredibly powerful because as we mentioned earlier it's good into everything i'm not sure if points are the answer um, because I think eventually you just get to the point where it's not takeable, and bef mm. below that, you're just always taking it. So I would put the Wraith Knight up a little bit, but I would just remove the Devastating Wounds from the Wraith Knight. No, no, you don't need to combo them. If Devastating Wounds goes from the Wraith Knight, it's not worth 475 points. Like, because um, what do you do? You kill two models really dead? It's still quite good into those big blocks of elite infantry and tanks. Is it? Okay, yeah, because you've got the um, you've got the blast profile. Yeah, um, that is true. But when you like factor saves in, and all of the big blocks of like elite infantry have a four up invon now, I don't think it does very much. So one in the chat, uh, one of you beautiful people, do some do some maths for me um, on a, a brick of ten shield guard for or ten ten custodian guard doesn't have to. If you ten to custodian guard, um, it would be. Um, four six it'd be eight shots with guide that's like six to seven hits and then wounding on two to the reroll so you're killing and then 2d6 damage so you're probably killing three to four or two to three um yeah. if you want a gun maybe killing a third or fourth you'd be very lucky too with um mm. with a star cannon i think yeah maybe between the two of them yeah yeah um, I, I think you you might be lucky to kill three is my, my gut feeling on that, but I haven't run the numbers. Um, but I would say that, yeah, if you just remove Devastating Wounds as the main priority, I think it, Wraith Knight will still go up just because people... Oh, they like, definitely will do that. They just shouldn't because yeah. 
If you um, take, I, I think if you take devastating wounds off it, it becomes unplayable immediately at five hundred points or four seven five. Yeah. Um, certainly, yes. I would take devastating wounds away from reflex. So that's then hopefully the reflex sorted. Um, general points increases need to be targeted. You know, there's absolutely no point in raising the points of stuff like um, harlequin troops or howling banshees or striking scorpions or those sorts of things. Um, in fact, they probably need to be reduced in cost. Um, whether I don't think it will be that far. They won't. They won't make that um, mistake again. Unfortunately, you are right. But remember when that happened in ninth edition with Drakari? And then it just spawned more bullshit, and Drakari were dominant for another. They're four not months. going to take any risks like that. Yeah, so they, they won't do it. They'll just they're nerf just and then trying to fix the the main problems. So it will be points points rises across all the important stuff. The only interesting thing for me will be whether they increase the second tier level of stuff. So, for example, um, uh, sweeping hawks. Right, you you starting to see them a bit more in lists. Dark reapers. Um, Dire Avengers, uh, characters like Fugan, that sort of thing. Will they increase the points of those? Because that's the next tier of Eldar lists that can come about once they've hit, once you know, War Spiders go up to 130 or whatever. Like you, then it's going to be a lot trickier. So that that's the interesting thing for me. Obviously, all the main stuff is just going to go up by how much? I don't know. I would envisage. I don't know, probably three to 400 points lists going up by. So if we're playing around the 16 to 1700 points, um, the Incarn is going to be an interesting one. How, what do they, do they change anything on the data, select the data sheet there, or do they just go points up to like 330, 350? Um, are you still taking her then? I don't think it needs to go up. And just to loop back on what you were saying before about whether they know what they need to change. Um, they have just solicited a load of feedback by the form of the uh, job posting for Rules Writer because the task that they asked everyone who went through to second round to do was to say, what are the top three and the bottom three armies and what would you change about them? So obviously, you know, they've got focused Eldar feedback. Um, yeah. I said I don't think you should change the Avatar or the Akan because once all the stuff that kills things at range is de uh, like super inefficient, turns out that's not actually a good unit or not a, an oppressive unit. Yeah, well, it would be interesting. As I mean, it's been in every list, so we would assume it's going to go up. Sure. Um, so that, that'll be um, that'll be interesting. But yeah, as I said, the most interesting thing for me is will they hit the second tier of units? Um, and then finally, obviously, Phantasm. Um, Phantasm's incredibly powerful. The the your instinctive first choices will just make it two CP. That won't work at all, as we've discussed before, because everyone will still just use it because you've got your weight leap of your extra um, CP. So then you're thinking, well, what else could they do to it? They're not going to make it three CP. So they'll probably add some restriction, maybe once a battle. Um, or, you know, you can only use it when an enemy's in a nine or something like that, I would, I would imagine would come about. They made um, Mech a four CP strat in eighth edition. So uh, watch this space. Yeah, yeah, I guess if it became three or four, then it would probably become a once a battle strap. Um, but yeah, those are the kind of the big things I would see here. It's, yeah, as an Eldar player who, you know, that has been my main army for well over a year now in various forms, like, I hope they don't get absolutely smashed. I know most people want Eldar to be absolutely smashed, but I you know I like to still play them. And if I was playing with around 16, 1700 points, then yeah, cool. I'm, I'm fine with that. We'll see how it goes. I'm actually looking forward to this because, um, yeah, once a, if assuming the race night goes, then you know it will probably fit more my personal style of having lots of units and doing lots of janky stuff. So I'm actually looking forward to that. And list building will be more interesting again, rather than oh, what should I 
change up this time? Shall I have a Hornet or a Unit of Shadow Spectres off? <laughs> so many decisions. Um, but actually, hopefully, there'll be a bit more playing. You can use some of the other stuff that I've kind of experimented with in the early days. So, yeah, those are my Eldar thoughts. Lovely. Scrivo, what are you thinking? Which faction would you change that's really good right now? So, mine's a bit different. Like, there's there's the, the top three offenders. Mm. So, I would actually be more concerned about custodies because they're kind of like being pushed down by those three offenders. Yep. But I don't really know what would need to be done. But it's just like that was my thought when you said to me, like, which would you fix? It's like the obvious three, if you fix them up, suddenly you get custodies being a real problem across the board. But I yep. don't have enough experience against them to know really what is the problem. But I just know that based on the current kind of thing that if they go into something like Eldar and they don't actually succeed they're just dunked back down. But at the moment, if they don't have to go into those sorts of matchups, they're just going to take out an event. Like I saw that at one of my uh, little casual sort of events. A thousand points, Aaron just dunked people because we didn't have an Eldar player with experience or with a Wraith Knight. So, and it just, it showed. And I just, I can just see like, it's that age old thing that like you deal with one problem and everything else just shifts up. Like Chris was saying, if they don't kind of do something about the second tier of an army, it just means that the army kind of shifts and kind of people pivot. So I think it'd be the same with custodies that people will just suddenly just go, oh, I can buy 25 models to replace my Eldar army that I 3D printed. It's cool. I'll just do that instead. And it'll be a different problem for us. Yeah. Yeah. When when I submitted my top three armies, um, custodies was the third one I talked about because I, I agree. There are, I, I think especially because there's no way they don't deal with t uh, Titanic. This uh, this time round, they have surely, to. I think surely, he says, coping up his goddamn <laughs> mind. Um, but yeah, no, custodies are a, a phenomenal army at the moment. I assume we might just see very similar to what happened to them in ninth edition when they were too good, which is a real shame because it yeah. makes them way less fun. Uh, but they just get a little bit of a points nerf, and then some of the stratagems go once per game, and you go, there we go. Now you're not a problem you. because you don't have all yeah. the tools that you had last time. Yeah sucks but uh yeah i don't know if they rebalance them i hope that they like reduce the points of venetarian bikes because yeah they're they're fast units which are squishy in yeah. like for the points are just not good so all people are playing right now are wardens who are real fucking hard to kill yeah. um custodian guard who are also fairly hard to kill because you chuck some like four shields in the unit or whatever um so yeah there we go. There's there's my my hot take for nerfing custodies. Make the fast, squishy stuff cheaper, and then they'll die faster. Because people take those. Cool, cool. Anything to add to that one, Chris? I know you've dabbled with custodies. Yeah, custodies are one of my uh, main armies um, over eighth and ninth as well. Um, it's yeah. It, I think for them, it's just they get they can put too much board presence early on and a lot of the armies just can't get through them quickly enough so you want to have points up on certain units so that they can't flood the board as much okay if they're losing like four or five models i don't know three four models i'm not quite sure the right amount but if they're using losing that amount then it'll probably make a big difference um, or you could do something like a unit cap you know rather than units of 10 you can only take units of six um, along with some points changes that could work I, I think I'd like to see that because MSU Custodies is a really fun play style. I just go at the end of ninth, um, yeah. but nobody's running that. They're just running the big bricks because they're so hard to kill. Yeah, yeah. I think there's stuff there, and then yeah, like as you said, the 
they they just command the fight phase so well into anyone else who's trying to play that game. So just maybe the fight first strats and sort of things become once a battle, um, which is still powerful and could be game changing if you use it at the right moment. So, but yeah, I think they they will get when they released their meta watch. The top three were custodies, Eldar, and GSC. So we're imagining that they are definitely looking at custodies. But not quite as much because the win rate isn't actually that bad. Yeah, it's just, um... because they just keep getting dunked down a notch, unfortunately, yeah. by the others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quick shout out to Craig in chat. Thank you for paying me for your half of the Airbnb. I appreciate that, and thank you for <laughs> paying me through the YouTube channel because Daddy YouTube would take a big cut, and then Daddy Chris would also take a big cut, uh, as is his right. Uh, the, I'm not complaining about that. Uh, so, if, <laughs> not not to you, Craig. You did everything perfectly. If anyone owes me money, please send it direct to my bank account or my PayPal. Uh, <laughs> Super chat it in. Sponsor, sponsor plug two. If you owe me money, <laughs> um, perfect. So I was going to be the hipster fucking say custodies. So now I've got a. Um, uh, I didn't say it. I... No, no, that's fine. That's fine. As is your right. Um, oh, hold on. Here's a here's a hot take in the chat. Chicken Dinner says, I heard a weird rumor that scares me. Towering is going to ninth and mortal wounds will no over, no longer overflow. That would be fine. That would be a-okay with me. That would fix both of those problems. Oh no, knights players can be shot again from behind walls. Don't give a shit. <laughs> knights knight players don't care. Not they probably do, but like there's like six hundred of them who are really fanatical about playing knights, and they will still play knights even if you make it so that they have to walk around terrain to see things. Uh, and nobody enjoys being shot by mortal wounds. If you say you do, um, stop. You. Get some help. Um, so I guess I would say for me, probably, it's got to be GSC, doesn't it? I know they're not as bad as they were because they're still very good though. because you yeah. because you can tech for them. I personally still think they're the best army in a non-teched environment. Um, having played against them with Eldar, I they scare me. Like if you tech for them, sure you can beat them. But if you are just running like a pure start of tenth tournament list before you start putting in all the stuff that's really good against them, um, they they terrify me. And I know that's a bit of like a man juggling three balls while unicycling <laughs> with a hat on his head. But you know they they are terrifying. So for me, GSC is a you know put the points up across the board. Limit the characters so you can't just have your all three bomb squads or wherever you want to put the rerolls. Because mm. uh, here's the thing: hitting on fives sounds bad until you go. Actually, we're hitting on fives. We're exploding on sixes. We're getting plus one to hit. We're rerolling all the hits because of the character in there. Uh, mm. Also, we're plus one to wound. Yeah, da, 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 da. and then suddenly those uh, D six plus three strength. Like was it strength and twelve AP two two damage or something like that? Who mm. who knows? Who cares? They throw bombs. They hurt. Um, they they're very good. Uh, also, the, the official FAQ changed it so when they respawn, they get their grenades back, their uh, their satchel charges, whatever the fuck they're yeah. called. Yeah, yeah, new iteration yeah, yeah. of the the unit for whatever logical reason. Games Workshop, stop. Get some help. Hire someone who knows what they're talking about. It doesn't have to be me. Just hire you anyone. Who's you uh, wrote just on your um, application. Just uh, no. This, last time round, I applied. I wrote like fourteen thousand words, and I spent like 20 hours doing it and this time around i was like i'm not doing that again they didn't even <laughs> respond to me um so i just recorded a 30 minute video because yeah with twice as many words <laughs> yeah 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 no i'd have like four coffees so i could uh, squeeze <laughs> hours of content into 
Yeah. Uh, put in the chat. Here's, let's get some engagement. If you want me to put out some videos at two times speed because I've drank loads of coffee, let me know in the chat. I will do that. If not, you'll get only really fast talking. Give me a vote in the Patreon chat. Also, only content. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming soon to an OnlyFans <laughs> near you. Um, give oh. us a give us a like uh, as well if you're in the chat. Really helps YouTube share us around and all that. For, good the, stuff. for the algorithms. Yeah, I think if you said William Lovell says no thanks, but <laughs> thank you for your feedback, Will. I will take that on board. You are valued and appreciated. Um, GSA, what was I saying? Um, points go up a little bit, characters yep. go down to one of each. They did that in ninth, it was no one complained about it, it was fine. Mm. Um, change here's what I think they should change right now. The most boring units in GSE are the battle line units. It is the only yeah. army in the game I think you don't want to incentivize the battle line units for. So get rid of battle line units come back. Push the other units. I want to see pure strains. I don't want to see pure strains because I've just got deep seated residual trauma <laughs> from being charged from like on turn one by tyranny of gene stealers. But you know, let's see more gene stealers. Let's see yeah. more um, small units of bikes. Let's see aberrants because they're just big chunky boys with sticks and they're they're lovely let's see all of those things instead of just here's my unit of 20 acolytes here's my unit of 20 acolytes here's my unit of 10 neophytes i may have got those the wrong You're way around, around it, if, if i hadn't said anything no one would have called me out because there are 13 <laughs> steel occult players in the world um but yeah like just let's not push that make them more expensive maybe leave aberrants and gse like the the gene stealers cheaper yeah like cut the points or i don't care just like make it a different army make it not a gun army uh, anyone want to weigh in on that one yeah i think i mean i've only played into them once but the, i think into a lot of games or a lot of armies that whole oh, i've killed you great oh you've come back and i have no way of stopping you and you're here and it's just yeah. an endless order and i get that that's really thematic but unbelievably frustrating on the tabletop so yeah. i think um we're certainly at the top level seeing people start to learn how to play into GSC, tech for GSC. Um, so obviously at the top levels, but if you've got those, you want it to, if we're looking for this fair and balanced game, then it's going to feel bad in the mid table. So I guess approaching that kind of tackling that kind of recycling in some way, even if it is just about line units come back on the three up, four up, same as everything else, just something just so it's not quite as, um, just feel bad as oh, I've killed this because you yeah. then have to play around it, tag them, whittle them down, all those sorts of things. It's just yeah. take take out some of the direct power. Like if you do that, then it's probably fine. Uh, make it so that you can't get your shit pushed in by any three two player. If it's just Mike Porter who's ruined my life, um, okay. I can deal with that. I'm gonna he's probably gonna beat me even if he's playing Death Guard. Uh, <laughs> may, maybe that's a bit of a push because he wouldn't leave his deployment zone. But like. <laughs> in ninth edition, back in the ninth edition, in this country, I reckon there were probably ten people who I'd bump into at a singles event where I'd be like, "Oh, I've actually got to take this seriously because you're playing GSE," and the rest of them I'd just be like, "Oh, you really like GSE, do you? That that's really cool. How long have you been playing them? Yeah. Six weeks, sound." Um, but yeah, anything to add to that one, Scriver? Uh, so to me, I think it's they need to at least be a coin flip for bring brought back because the fact that there is no risk to throwing your foot stuff forward, you wouldn't see an orc army rules being kind of produced like that because they're meant to be an endless horde as well but you wouldn't see that like yeah. you wouldn't have it where it's a combat unit so why do it with a shooting unit 
and I just, I, I just, I still don't think the the amount of re rolls on units like that that you can just freely get given out are quite right. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you can literally go, oh, they hit on fives, and then it just becomes completely undone just by a few, not even complicated combinations of things put to the unit. It's not like Deep it's kind of in yeah. one strat and also put a HQ in the squad. At that point, you're like, cool. You've just undone all the negatives of a unit, and yeah. there's no risk to throwing them forward. That just that doesn't feel like a, a fun game for anyone. So, for anyone Even... who doesn't know the maths on it, just a quick sidebar. I think it's going from hitting one third of the time to hitting two uh, five sixths of the time. It's like you're hitting on twos basically when you stack all of that on top of each other. Ah, that, that doesn't feel nice. No, it doesn't. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Cool. Excellent. Well, we've uh, we've we've all become very sad. You know, here, uh, just to, to round out before we move on to the bad armies and how we'd improve them, <laughs> I genuinely think Games Workshop forgot that there isn't a rule that says if you roll a one, it's an automatic fail. I think in their heads it's just, and it, to be fair, in my head it was just like, okay, cool. So you you know, on a one you fail, and then you on second reflection go back and looking like, hold on, shit. There's no there's no rule in the book that just says if you roll a one it fails at all times which probably should be a thing just to catch these edge cases it's 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 an old rule that they took out when they took out all the erratas and tweaks from the last two editions of kind of from this to this and then they're like cool we didn't we didn't need any of that two years worth of development it's fine it's completely fine yeah cool 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 ban eldar um (laughs) <laughs> at this point like i i know i was against it at the start of the edition but like if they don't fix them like fuck it i, I don't want to play against them i've not been going to events because i don't have to play against them so you know if that's if that's what it takes fuck it i'll go, i'll come to the dark side with you asante all right so something a bit more positive this time uh i believe we started with chris last time so scrivo give me your bad army that you'd like to improve and how you'd improve it so mine's not quite a bad army it's more it's an army that they when they rewrote it it's almost like they wrote it to not be the army that they are which is orcs because uh, yes. they kind of wrote them in a way that they're meant to be this kind of chaotic army full of lots of randomness mm. that should run at you and hurt you when they hit you they now play like drakari used to play where you just throw them forward you put them in transports you get out, you tie stuff up, you score stuff. That's that's not orcs. Like you want to be hurting things, and it just feels very kind of like one-dimensional in a different way, rather than it being. It's like playing playing the game and then going right. Combat doesn't exist for you as an army when that's meant to be realistically orcs shtick. Like, and then I look at that as a, an army that I've got quite a depth of, and I just I just don't have an interest in kind of going. Okay, I'll re recalibrate what I've got as an army, put it all in trucks, and then play Drakari. It's just like, it just, it feels a shame to me, whilst a few simple changes, I think, could really kind of help. So to me, a lot of the the biggest problems I have with it is that Orcs, for their combat, unless you're using some of the Snagger stuff, you're not hitting anything that's toughness higher than like five or six realistic mm-hmm. like accurately consistently and that feels a shame like you have to really kind of go into the beast snagger stuff which funnily enough new toys right sure. oddly they've made them the better thing but even them the, like beast snagger boys you throw them into something like a dreadnought they're all right but they're not going to definitely kill it it's just no. still quite swingy and it's just that's frustrating as a game where your entire shtick is you're supposed to get out of the truck hurt it and then keep going 
and it just it feels a shame. So I think I think if they really kind of recalibrated some of the killiness, but not over egg it. I don't want it to, have to be like the beast boss on Squigasaur in ninth by the end of it, where you just you couldn't kill it. It just ate whatever it wants because that equally wasn't fun. Because I loved it. <laughs> I, I, I did, but I didn't. I, I can see yeah. why it wouldn't be fun to go against. It's like the whole the Custody blob or the Deathwing Knights blob where you just go, okay, I can't deal with that. That's not very fun. Like There should be a risk still. So I, I think giving people a, a bit more, like to me, like things like the buggies, they're just, you look at buggies now, have I, have you has anyone seen a buggy on the table? That's recently? what I was going to say. Like, how the fuck have they gone, hey, 10th edition, melee's not very good, but don't worry, you've got guns? You're doing pretty good. And buggies are bad. How the fuck have they managed that? <laughs> that was the first thing I looked at in the index. I was like, cool, maybe I can get my buggies out. Because I I really like my speed freaks. My original orc oh, army yeah. was all in trucks. It was all boys, burner boys, bikes. I looked at it and went, this is awful. I just I just was like, I, I can't play this as, a, as an army. And it, it felt a real shame. But what this does give me hope, though, is I, we've already seen the some previews of the, the Tyranid um, detachments. The fact they're going down the archetypes, maybe we'll see a buggy sc- kind of scope to it. It yeah, feels I, like I, a natural thing, it, right? It, it it was always going to be the case that all archetypes are going to be back, yeah. whether they're you know fleshed out well. Um, yeah. But I, I, are orcs on the list of getting a codex soon? It's been so long since it's been teased. I, I think remember. they're one of the later ones, which is yeah. why at the beginning of the announcements, I was like, right, I'll shelve my orcs because I, I don't want to just kind of play Index Hammer with them for a year or two because yeah. I did that at the beginning of 8th and it was tough. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just pulling up the rules now um, because I had a very similar experience to you and i was like yeah i'm really really keen to play some orcs i love me some mech orcs uh when i got into them in eighth edition i was like i really want to play like a killer can and dread army yeah. and then the uh, the buggy rules came out i was like hey these are just like dreadnoughts with wheels they've got actual combat they've got guns i'm having a great time they're a bit faster um i i'm pretty sure that i looked at the because the rules came out before the points did and i'm trying to find the um why can't i find Data sheets. There we go. Uh, it's because I'm trying to talk and also click things. But I'm pretty sure when they came out, uh, I looked at the killer cans and I was like, these things look really good. And then I looked at the points and they are, no, oh, they're 50 points each. But I think that's more expensive than they were in ninth edition. So they kind of yeah. just, I was like, eh, nah, I'm not, not feeling that. <clears throat> yeah. So there's and it's, some bits like the, the killer cans that you, you've started seeing them appearing in lists and they're great, but they are. <laughs> A one and done unit you drop down, it kills something, and then it falls over. And it's yeah. just like, that doesn't feel too awkward, especially because it's grots. <laughs> and I don't think they're good enough to make it worth taking when each one is two points for bring it down. Yeah. Um, People just fix, go fixed into you, don't they? And then you're just, yeah. you're just hemorrhaging points. Yeah. Which, maybe if we get a meta where all the top armies are only playing tactical, uh, and you're like hey, I can play this, because if you want to take fixed, weirdly, you're going to get less points by getting me like a certain 20 and then like a 10 instead of just the full 100 points that you'd get mm. otherwise. Uh, yeah. But that's that's wishlisting a little bit. Mm. Uh, anything to, to add, my uh, my war boss? I mean, Orcs is an uh, I don't really know particularly well, but what I will say is that um, I know Aaron, when he played his Orcs at the start of the edition, said they just weren't fun they just didn't feel like what you had to do to be successful with the army um didn't feel like an orky it wasn't in keeping with the army so that would be nice to change but what i will say is orcs in the same way that uh, wtc the world team championship in the same way that gsc underperformed 
Yeah, they overperformed, yeah. So orcs were the army that actually did much better than people were thinking. So I think play, I think in terms of if you take the right things and you play it in the right way, I think they are can be a pretty strong army into a lot of the um, armies out there. It's just that that's not really what orc players want to do. So therefore, we're not seeing. Yeah, so Scrivy, you were saying, and obviously you were at WTC, yeah. so you have the experience here to to comment on it. But yeah. you were saying that they play like last edition Strakari. By that, do you mean that you play to basically dominate the primary through jank, as opposed to like killing your opponents off it? Yeah, completely. Forward? So it's fast moving transports going yeah. forward, and then it's just like you can't deal with it quick enough because five or six trucks being flung forward, and then back objective you've got grots on it you can go swing out grots 20 odd inches with a with super grots with the, the run herd uh what's his name it's grot it's just like th there was all those sort of things to deal with and then at the same time you do have things like um flash kits which aren't aren't too bad at shooting they're not anywhere like the level of like eldar shooting or even space marine shooting but it's a surprise if you're not used to it and I think that caught a lot of people out that there is still quite a lot of um, a carpet to them in the same sort of way that when you first played against um, Gene Cedar Colts. Because you deal with the, the vehicles, great. All your shooting's gone into the vehicles. And then out of each vehicle comes 10, 20 models, depending on what vehicle. And you can't deal with that quick enough, right? Whilst they're scoring points, doing secondaries, you're trying to just focus on these things, not actually doing your own secondaries as well. Whilst on a clock as well. That yeah. was the thing I, I saw at WCC was a lot of players were very much kind of being pressured into a very, very long game. Mm. So our last round against, I want to say Luxembourg, their mm. Thousand Suns player was very stressed out by the fact that he was having to uh, battle with tons and tons of orcs when he only had like 40 models. I do like an army that makes my opponents have to make repeated difficult decisions. Yeah, and then makes them make bad decisions as well yeah. because they're kind of panicking. Which is, it's fascinating, but that's not how I want to play Orcs. I just want to throw yeah. things forward and just cackle as my bubble chucker randomly blows something up just because I happen to roll the right number whilst blowing bubbles at you. I will say I'm not sad that the randomness is, is toned down. I know yeah. that that's typically an Orky thing, and it has been for years, and I had the 5th edition Orc Codex, where if you rolled a double six, you'd drop a Vortex template on <laughs> whatever you shot. Yeah. Uh, I, that's the aspect of orcs that I never liked. Personally. It needs to be kind of a nice reward if you do gamble, not yeah. punished for sure. sixty percent of the time. Yeah, that's the. Balance. And then like five percent of the time, you're like, oh shit, I win the game. Cool. Yeah. This is uh, <laughs> this is neat. Um, lovely. Well, Chris, what would be your uh, underpowered faction that you'd like to improve? So I was just like looking at the bottom uh, on stat checks, kind of like the bottom three at the moment, um, and we've got Leagues of Votan, Death Guard, and Grey Knights. Now, obviously, in our team, we have the Votan main himself, Tom. We'll <laughs> offer some insights up for that. Um, but actually, Grey Knights. So Grey Knights are sitting at thirty-six percent win rate. Yeah, Grey Knights have a lot of really good tools um they've got some really good strategies some great inbuilt rules and that sort of thing um the fact is that they're just over costed um and i think that what's your specs but if gray knights get enough of a points um kind of decrease i would definitely could see that becoming a build i actually watched a battle report today between um jack harpster's kind of like 30 terminator build 
and um, Quentin Johnson's um, Wallmaster's third place El Diary build. And Jack won by three points. Um, I was going to say, yeah, like I've, I didn't, I haven't watched him talk about it, but I, I was having a look at the WTC event list and didn't he do very well with basically three units? Yeah, it's essentially two units of 10 Terminators, a unit of 10 Paladins, Caladus Assassin, and then a few characters. And those are basically the list. But um, it just, it, you know, it's it's got a rough matchup into GSC, but other than that, it's actually, he was able to win or draw or have a really narrow loss into everyone um in the end he beat the eldar um because you know think about a lot of the cards don't score well against them um and try you know and then at a point where you do finally corner them they just pick themselves up and go away and that sort of thing um i think you're not seeing those sorts of builds and it also takes a really high skill player to use them effectively so i think a combination of the fact that those two things that you have to build in this particular way and you have to be a really high skill player i think is obviously holding them back but i think if they get some points changes um then actually you might start to see more of these builds and i think they could be um yeah i think they could be really good i think they could be quite good fun i need to have a look in a cupboard because i think i think i might have 25 gray knight terminators built unpainted <laughs> I don't think I've got enough time. Or I've only got I've only got fifteen. I can't. I can only lend you fifteen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've got enough time and enthusiasm to learn them to a high enough level to take to LGT. Yeah. But uh, I, I feel like think about. I feel like a lot of the players that would normally lean into that playstyle already have the army are probably playing Thousand Suns at the moment because it's mm. kind of doing a similar thing but in a slightly sweeter spot. Yeah, got more output. Right, the issue with the yeah. Grey Knights is that unless you can get them into combat. Then they're just not hugely killing, especially in the, like the Dread Knights don't do anything anymore. Um, no. So I think, yeah, that's you have to be playing in the army because you love the movement tank rather than blowing your opponent away or smashing face in combat and those sorts of things. I, I want to say, just uh, I'm feeling vindicated. Uh, pull up the clip, Jamie. Uh, early in the edition, <laughs> I was uh, I was saying, you know, Thousand Suns are going to be mega, and then nobody did anything with them for ages. And now people are doing stuff with them. I'm like, yeah, I knew, I knew. And by that, I mean, I looked at the data sheets and the rules. And I was like, oh, these seem, see, seem solid. <laughs> that was my... Uh, my yeah, yeah, no, 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 cool one as well. Yeah, they are. I just wish I had them. I did buy some once and then had to pretty much immediately sell them because I had no space to store them and no no time to play them. Uh, I didn't have to sell them. But and Tom's just picked them up, hasn't he? Which is surprising for a Votan main that he's um, yeah. with yeah. all of his thousand sons. Well. Yeah, I think he's looking for an army that's a bit more competitively viable than Votan because I don't think any of the armies he's got are particularly worth taking to tournaments at the moment. Um, well, he's got Votan. Or, or it's Gene Steelers, and then he doesn't want to do that for the other extreme, right? As it currently that was the joke. All right, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It wasn't a good joke, so... Uh... <laughs> well, next time, just, like, hold up a sign or something, like, saying joke oh, incoming. You, you're the second person in two days that's informed me I have to put the sarcasm hat on. Uh, at this yeah, point, I think sorry. I might have to... No, no, it's absolutely fine. Uh, I think at this point, I might actually have to get a hat that says sarcasm on it. Um, which just, is... just, just, just tattooed across your forehead, because it's a constant, it right? It wouldn't be the first time <laughs> I got a hat printed. Hold on, is that? No. Um, I got a hat printed in eighth, uh, ninth edition uh, after they nerfed buggies and flyers so that you could only have one unit of each buggy and I printed got a green hat that said make orcs good again or something on it oh. uh, yeah 
and uh, yeah, great times. Still, Still waiting about that. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> cool. What what army would I pick then? I was going to say Grey Knights because they're the fun one. Um, yeah. I can tell you what I wouldn't fix. Uh, not easily. Not with an, an FAQ. Death Guard. They're so dog shit. Like they need a fundamental rewrite from the ground up. Um, let's just talk about uh, uh, Death Guard then, because <laughs> Death Guard's uh, army rule: the Contagion, which is minus one toughness within three, six, nine inches from turns one, two, three onwards. Why do you fucking bother? Um, two things. First of all, we've had incredible toughness creep in this game, which is a good thing. I'm not saying it's a problem. Mm. However, this rule hasn't been increased to match it. You could have gone minus one, minus two, minus three toughness. That comes with its own issues, where suddenly you're wounding space marines on twos and <laughs> yeah. bolt guns. Um, so, you know... You could have made it tied to monsters and vehicles. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. You shouldn't have made it anything to do with fucking toughness in the first place, as I'm going to touch on, because the second problem is you gave every single weapon I haven't double-checked, because looking at that fucking index makes my eyes hurt and my heart bleed. Um, but <laughs> every single weapon, disclaimer, maybe there's two that aren't, have lethal hits. Why would I care about reducing their toughness if all my sixes to hit auto-wound and I'm just going for volume over quality? Like, why would it matter? What I think do they you think do... that's two different people writing two different parts of the index? No, no. Different I offices. I, I, <laughs> uh, well, there are 100% different people writing different indexes and then not playtesting them against each other, as we've seen with 9th edition, where two sets of codexes came out with two different sets of power level. Uh, and we've seen again here, where there's very clearly the haves and the have-nots. Um, but this was just written, unfortunately, there's no other way of saying it, poorly. It's not the power level that's bad, which it is. It's that the rules are anti-synergistic and it feels bad to use your army rule because it does fuck all. What I think they could have done if they wanted to have like a growing contagion or a keeping in theme with the uh, Nurgle's Rock, which I don't actually think is a particularly interesting mechanic. It, it doesn't feel super Death Guardy to me. I think of them as being more tough uh, instead yeah. of being like everything around me withers and dies. Like, sure, in the fluff, but just make them harder to kill. Yeah. Um, I would like to see the contagion if they keep it minus movement so they're a really slow army it's really hard for them to catch you but my god once they get close you are not getting away you know you can rationalize it in the same way the, your armor joints rust so you can't move quickly you could like minus two movement half advance rolls half charge rolls I don't know I don't really I haven't thought, put a huge amount of thought into it, mm. but something to do with movement so that once the slow grindy army is there, you're playing their game uh, and that's sort of the reward. So it's not that they are slow and that's a downside. It's that they're slow and that's an army playstyle choice and yeah. you've got something to, to play around. And if, if they had some sort of mechanic around infecting objective markers so that it spreads from those it then means they, they can defend them and then but it doesn't matter no but if it if it worked in that <laughs> way then movement, actually because yeah. then it'd be they'd be you'd be defending it and they'd be slower trying to get to you and you'd get to defend it yeah and yeah, then yeah. charge into them yeah no yeah, i like it um that good combat that everyone has right also sidebar miniature rant i'll make it 30 seconds why the fuck do chaos have to pay more for the strats that the loyalists get like what the fuck's wrong with you like, you've taken a group of players who have felt traditionally disenfranchised. Since and, and they're not wrong. Chaos <laughs> have got less stuff and have got worse stuff. 
last year was the year of chaos and they got some really cool books you know it was good there was a lot of stuff in there that was good but like reprinting the eighth edition chaos book without making chaos space marines two wounds not even putting the faq fixes in and calling it a new book because all you mm -hmm. did was put in the data sheets from that um box set that you printed with the venom crawler and like that can you imagine if they did that yeah. and to, for space marines the the outcry that people have but it's just like oh it's it's a thing for chaos oh the chaos players are complaining again who cares i'm not even a chaos player like i mostly <laughs> play xenos at this point this isn't yeah. chaos player gets angry at shouts at clouds it's um yeah it's it's I, so I, dumb i just... think i think you could be quite uh reasonable because they gave you firing deck on all your rhinos eventually like I say, I don't have a chaos space. <laughs> so it's it's not something that affects me personally. But why the fuck are they playing two CP for Arm of Contempt? Like, what's up with that? Any, anyone got an answer for that? I, I never tend to pay for it anymore. No, no. Why would you? At two CP, it's incredibly overcosted. Chaos is probably better than Space Marines at the moment. Yeah, but like that's well, uh, Dark Angels are probably better than Chaos Space Marines. Dark Angels in the Gladius Task Force are probably... Correct. Yeah. Uh, they're really good. They are really good. Uh, I see the look you're giving me. You'll uh, you'll play against them at some point. Hopefully yeah, but I'm just thinking about tournaments and how Chaos are doing quite well and how Dark Angels are not. I think Dark Angels are doing fine. I, I haven't been keeping up on the specific stats. But their, I... their stats aren't great, but I think that's also because everything's been pushed down still to... Yeah, and also they deal with Elder. Dark Angels might be playing other things. Um or playing them anyway. badly. <laughs> we we did we did pick up a lot of Dark Angels players at the end of ninth edition because they became a very simple to play army. So maybe that's something to do with it. But, yeah, cool. Uh, anyone got anything to add there for chaos uh, in general or uh, for Dark Death Guard? I think. I mean, there are certain builds of chaos that are actually really potent. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We have been seeing them do quite well in events, mm. so. I wouldn't, I don't think they'll get touched because I think they're in that middle bracket of doing mm. okay, but I wouldn't surprise me if they were one of the armies that did start to creep up towards the um, the higher end of the tier, the tiers after this most recent update. Yeah, They're, the amount of uh, shooting output they can put out is actually kind of, kind of worrying. But yeah. if, if we see the change to um, non-line-of-sight shooting that I think we're all assuming is going to come in, where it goes back to ninth edition, so it's minus one ballistic skill, minus one AP, instead yeah. of minus one to hit, and you get cover. At that point, I think the obliterators are a lot less scary, because the best way to play them at the moment is to bring them in, cut an angle, kill something, then next turn, like, not get shot back, because you've cut a, a nice angle. Next turn, shoot from behind cover, and get two shooting phases without being killed. Uh, is a, mm. a really good way to play them at the moment or just make them Nurgle so they can't be shot but um, if the non-line-of-sight nerf makes that less efficient maybe that makes them a little bit less of a problem it's hard to say cool 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 well moving on so questions if you have got any questions do chuck those in the chat we will get to them uh, probably got another 10-15 minutes or so so get them in now and we will uh, go through for you in the Discord, we've got a question from Ultimate Funk. Why isn't anyone talking about orcs in tenth? We have just talked about orcs. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think we need to rehash there. I think we've pretty much gone through all of that. And my God, there is a lot of chalk about orcs in tenth. People talking about killer cans. Uh, Ultimate Funk. Sorry, Tom, Ed, Chris, or whoever is reading this. 
ultimate funk you are forgiven it's not your fault it's everyone else who responded to you um, including me hello uh, I'm yeah the problem. I'm, it's me <laughs> yeah i'm seeing tom in there tom's not here to defend himself so i'm just going to say it's his his fault yeah. uh lovely stuff and Gelmara says, what is your 40k pet peeve? Something that people say or do that just sets you off. Okay, right. So I have, <laughs> I've experienced this a lot having played Harlequins and Elder. It's when they rock up to the table mm. and they go, oh, well, I know I can't win this game. But I've heard that so many times and it just really annoys me. Um, and I think I've probably moaned about it on this podcast before, actually. But first of all, you're going in with a negative attitude. So you, as soon as you go in with a defeatist attitude, you're not going to be thinking about how you can win this game because you can absolutely win this game. I know because I've lost using the good army enough times to know that you can definitely lose that game. Um, but also, it's just kind of, it just immediately takes away the any sort of well done you if you win this game. You're only yeah. going to win because your army is too good and there is nothing I can do about it. And if you somehow manage to lose, it's because you're a mong and you don't know what you're doing. And like that's basically what they're walking up to the table and saying. And it's, it just shapes the entire game and approach. And I go out of my way when I've played like weaker armies and I go into the strong armies. I make sure I don't ever kind of like approach it in that way. I go in with the mindset of, right, I'm going to make this game as close as I can. I'm going to try and win this game. And I'm not going to take away any sort of credit for the win for the opponent because I know how it feels like when that's taken away. Um, and obviously with Harlequins, they were really strong. I never played them in the Nine Void Weaver days, but I played them when they were good. And I certainly had people go, oh, well, I know how this game goes. And... Um, <laughs> But even with like the Eldar, you know, like the list I've been playing, yeah, I've got the Wraith Knight, but they, they also have a lot more mission playing stuff. And, you know, at the end of the game, they're like, oh, I didn't get as blown away as I thought I would. I'm like, yeah, that's not the style of player I am. I'm not a Manny Chima go and blow you away or in the scene be in your face. I'm, I, I play it a bit differently. So, no, the games will generally be close and you will be in the game a bit more. And let's just enjoy the game as best as possible. But, yeah, it's when they just come in straight away, We've even ah oh, introduced yourself. Oh yeah, great. Can't believe I've got Elder again. And I fully get it. I'm sure everyone's been bummed by Elder at some point. Everyone's been bummed by all the top armies at some point. And yeah, I get it. It sucks. But when they rock up to the table and they just have that immediate attitude of this is an unwinnable game, it just completely changes the dynamic. So I had an experience like that uh, back in Eighth Edition. It was at Goonhammer in October of 2020. And I was playing Orc Buggies, and it was a, a, a was an unpleasant there. list to, to play. Oh, yeah. there we go. Didn't play you. Um, yeah. didn't, didn't know who you were at that point. Uh, and it was the last game of the event. I was three and two going into this round. Um, I'd had some great games. I'd had some good time. I played against Jay, Mohawk Minis. Yeah. Uh, and my other loss was against David Gaylord. So, like, I was feeling good about how it was going. I was like, I've lost two really good players. I'm having a blast. I've learned loads of things. This is a great time for me. And I came into my last game, and this guy walks up to the table, looks at my arm, and goes, I'm not playing this, and walks off. And, <laughs> and genuinely walked off and went and talked to the Goonhammer staff. And um, two or three minutes later, he came back and just in a sulk. And I gave him, like, five minutes to work out his system because I was like, you know, fuck it. It's the end of a weekend. Maybe he's just played, like, two really rough armies. Um, but, you know, he didn't sort himself out. So after five or ten minutes of it, I did just have to say, like, look, 
are you going to sort yourself out? Because this is really unpleasant to play against. It's not on. Um, at which point he suitably chastised, did, you know, start having a bit more of a game. We had a bit of a laugh. But my God, it felt so good to fucking smash him. I, <laughs> it's, one of the, it's one of the very few games that I have relished in crushing someone. Normally, I'm just like, I've had a great time playing you. Um, you know, obviously, I'm happy to have beaten you. Or, you know, that was a close game where I feel like I did everything I could have done. This was great. Had a good time. Good luck in your next game. This time I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Your tears fuel me. Um, but yeah, fuck uh, that guy. If you if if you if you see this and you uh, remember that experience and you go, oh, he's talking about me. Fuck you. Have a, have a look <laughs> in the mirror. Have, specifically, you have a look in the mirror and think about what you're doing, uh, and just be a nicer person to play against. Have a better experience for everyone. Um, cool. And that's that's a bit petty for me to say, but um, but it's out there now. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't regret it. Uh, <laughs> like, I, just always try to be like the best opponent you can be. Yeah. Your, your opponent. yeah. Um, cool. So Chris has had his his rant um, about people having a, a whinge at a table. You got anything, Scriven? Mine's kind of adjacent to both, actually. It's people being a bit sourced when they come to a tournament. Like, mm. I don't mind it when I'm having a pickup game with a mate, but the minute you turn up a table and it's round three of a big 100-player GT that you spent a couple hundred quid to get to hotels, all this stuff, and the person can barely stand up, I'm just like, no. Like, even if they can play the game that drunk, I find it really unpleasant, personally, because... Sure. The social contract is we're meant to be having a game, but if you're constantly having to go off to the toilet, you're getting another beer, you're knocking things over, it's really sloppy. That's not the game. That's not playing tournament level Warhammer. That's just, I'm down the club on a Friday night. Do that there. Don't do that in my place. It's just, nah, not for me. I'm enjoying this because um, Dave Murdoch from our team um, loves to occasionally get absolutely smashed yeah. over the course of a Saturday and have like multiple, I think there was one time, it might be a Nottingham GT where him and his opponent just were both off their face. And, like, the third <laughs> That's game, all right. When you're both going like, yeah. we're going to get smashed. The social contract's there, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but when it's not. Mm. I love how you went, I'm going to call out one of my team members, Dave Murdoch, first name, second, <laughs> second name, name, does this thing. <laughs> Like, uh, he likes yeah. things being put on his shoulder. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, we'll move on from that one. Um, <laughs> lovely stuff. Um, anyone yeah, who's yeah. watched this podcast for the you know six months or so knows exactly what I'm about to say, because I've said it before on podcasts. I'm going to say it again. If I'm playing a game, do not come and stand next to me or next to my table. You can stand at a respectable distance and you can watch. I don't mind. You can interact with me briefly. You can say hi. You can, you know, give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, or what have you. But like, don't try and talk to me. Don't try and talk to my opponent for a long time. I'm locked in for two and a half to three hours with my opponent. We are playing a game. Um, I don't give a shit that you finished in an hour and a half and now you're wandering around the hall with a fucking hot dog. It doesn't make a difference to me. I am thinking about the game. I'm going to try and win the game, and afterwards we can talk about it. Just like, give me space. Don't don't crowd me and don't don't interrupt me. I come across as really unlikable as these on these streams. It's, uh, <laughs> is that is and that true? Person, you are yeah. also unlikable in real life. So uh... I tell you what, other things that I dislike um, when I uh, yeah had a great showing at Davy Slam, and then in the awards ceremony, Davy goes, "I didn't like you the first time you met I met you." <laughs> I was like, "What?" 
this is news to me. That, that cut me a little bit because it's not the first time someone said it to me. <laughs> it's only the second time, but I'm, I, you know, it makes you go, "Fuck it!" Is there something wrong is with this? Me? You? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, not the other people. No. Well, anyone who's seen The Simpsons has known. Uh, no, no, I'm not wrong. It's the children who are wrong. Um, yeah. So it's it's fine. It's it's someone else's sure. problem, but uh, it's yeah. your fucking problem. Uh, lovely stuff. Any other questions there? Um, in chat, Lou Wazzle says new codexes are coming out. How fast can I go through them on coffee? Um, I did manage to get it down to under two hours per stream for the indexes. So I don't know when they come out. Maybe I'll have to do some sort of blockbuster if I can get PDFs of them. Something along those lines. And uh, just make stuff says tracking details in armies that aren't what you see is what you get can be really challenging. He gives some examples, like which units have marks of chaos, which character has specific uh, enhancements, which unit was it that gave a temporary invun, how do you keep uh, track of these things, what can you do to help your opponents with you know, greater transparency on how you play the game? I mean, I constantly ask my opponent which unit has got... So when I'm coming up with my plan of what I'm going to do with my turn, um, it would just be which army's got the invun, which army's got the mark, got the mark of Nurgle kind of thing. Like the key information for me, which is relevant at that time. I keep asking, you know, like when um, I remember in ninth, like playing into Dakari and being like, "Cool, there's a lot of boats there, and there's things in those boats. I have no idea." And even like even if they put the models and they had the colour coordinated and to them it was abundantly clear in the same way that when I played the Harlequins, I was always very self-aware of what was in my boats, but I'm sure my opponent wasn't. But as the attacking player, all I can really do is just, just keep asking and asking and asking. Like the, the current thing is for me is Necrons, playing into Necrons. So what defensive buffs do these have? Um, like over and over, probably like three or four times in a shooting phase or movement phase, just because I just keep forgetting. But just keep asking, like you know, it just there isn't this sort of this contract of oh, you need to have a Nurgle shoulder pad if you're going to have a Nurgle. and even if you did, you wouldn't notice. And like yeah. in terms of like WYSIWYG and the weapons and stuff, like it's just a most of the weapons we don't recognize do we? especially for the lesser factions so it's just kind of a, just constantly talking and communicating with your opponent is my approach to it anyway i disagree on the what on the the wizard week on the weapons i think if you're running weapons you should be running the right weapons like it's not that hard. Like my harlequins like they had a mixture of things and i tried to make it as close as possible but the reality was it didn't really actually matter Hmm. Well, I don't know. It's like because then when you recognize the army, uh, it's then confusing for you because you look at it and go, "Oh, you've got this," yeah. and then they don't have it. Uh, I would much rather my opponents have the correct, correct weapons, and I always try to bring the correct weapons to, uh, myself. But uh, in general, no, I think that's absolutely fair. Um, there's, you, it's very difficult if you can, like if you can run things that have Nurgle painted that have the mark of Nurgle. That's cool. If you can bring little tokens or little cards that say the buffs on them, that's fantastic. You don't have to do it, but if you want to be a considerate opponent and go that extra step, that's really, really good, really cool. Um, it's the sort of thing that you, uh, if you can do, you know, I'm not going to say you should do, but if you can do it, it's fantastic. And it's just a, a nicer experience for both people. But yeah, otherwise, I am also going to ask you 
what this has four times and uh, i'm a little bit younger than chris so my memory's a little bit better so i might not say what buffs has that got i might just say this has got that buff um right. or yeah. is there anything else you can put in it uh, but it's you know it's functionally the same thing uh how about you scribble uh very much the same um but i will often found i found sort of i think for the lgt last year i had two trucks one was yellow one was red mm. so i wrote on my sheet the truck that had the oh, uh, squig high tiles i went the red truck is this one just to highlight it and i did it as a way for me to remember as well that it was the red one goes faster yeah and mm. so i i often in ninth edition mm. did i don't do it now because i've got my little cards i had an a4 sheet that had all my stats it had all the little mini rules but it also stated if there was say two characters that were the same model and i'd painted some difference on the two like one had a pink orb, one had a purple orb. It's a purple orb, just so that it was there written. So there wasn't this situation where my, my opponent could go, at the beginning of the game, you said this. And I go, no, I said it was the other way around because it suits me now. So there wasn't opportunity for the kind of yeah. it being dubious. That's a good, interesting one. Because I remember playing um, in the glorious Admech days um, of all of the planes. Uh, I played Manny in a final where um, I had four planes and he had six. And I got to go first. And there was this really cool photo of half the board just had ten planes in it. And what Manny had done was his Stratoraptors and his bombers um, were exactly basically the same. The only difference was the airbrush colour. So one was red and one was yellow. So I went first. I was like, right, got to kill the Stratoraptors. So blapped away into all the, the say, red ones. And then it turned out I'd got it wrong. And um, I just killed all his bombers instead. And it was that he told me early on, and then, then I just forgot it. And now with more experience, I would be like, keep, I would be like, can you just remind me? Because actually colours to us as players, we've used them over and over and over. We've got them logged in, what each colour means. But to our opponent, um, it doesn't necessarily make sense at all. I've definitely been on the receiving end multiple times of killing something and going, cool, that's you know that mentally filed away in my head and then a turn later my opponent uses something that i didn't think they could do like an upgrade um and i think some of those times i've probably just misremembered but i'm generally pretty on the ball about remembering where buffs are because that's that's a big part of like shooting efficiency and i love playing shooting lists so you've got to keep track of which things you want to kill first so you, you map it out in your turns um i think it's probably the most cheating that's happened against me is people doing that because uh, it's such a, a hard one to catch um that unless you specifically say it as you go in your turn i'm going to shoot at this unit is this the unit that has the buff? Which is what I've started doing post because it's yeah. just very frustrating to experience. Uh, but it's very easy for opponents to say, "Oh no, no, that it, it's the pink one that's got the buff." And like, I'm fairly certain that you said it was the other way around before. But what are we going to do now? Like, <laughs> there's no, there's no way a judge can fix that. I'm like, I remember this differently. Cool. Yeah. 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 Lovely stuff. Um, he uh, just make stuff also said do you have any advice on good practices that you think more people should do let's wrap that up as our last question anything that you want to add on as a good practice for being a good opponent so i'd say crib sheets like when i had a little crib sheet where it had it all written there and it had things like what the the core stratagems i'd be using were mm. and which units it could work on and keywords and stuff then they could just look at it in th there like when it's my turn just they had something to refer to so they didn't have to ask about the questions as well Sure, sure. That makes sense. Um, I don't think it's I, necessarily as important when you get kind of 
further into some of the edition, uh, depending on how complex things are. But at the moment, yeah. I don't feel it would be as necessary, but I don't think it could hurt if someone's never played the army, perhaps. Sure, sure. It's I, I will admit, it's something that I've never have done and probably never will because it's too yeah. much hassle. Um, it's, it's a great thing to do, and I think it's great that you do it. Um, I, I do always... I do typically say at the start of the game, please just ask me the question again if you forget, because yeah. you know, we all we all forget. Some of us more than others. Uh, <laughs> anything for you, old man? Um, for the just in general good practices, one thing I'm really working on at the moment is declaring intent and declaring measurements constantly. Yep. Um, it's kind of like right, this unit moves ten, and I'm going to be, and it's coming here, and then it'll be a seven-inch charge over there. Okay, cool, excellent. And like just having that constant thing, I think too often in games, I, I certainly I do things. I'm like, ah, master plan, and then they're like, oh, well, I can do this. I'm like, oh, man, that was you're not supposed to. And oh, I've got and got it slightly wrong, and now you managed to get through that gap. Or well, now it becomes a conversation. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the classic thing when we played into Wales, um, there was this. I kind of I put these two units to block off a disembark. And I then had a unit behind them, safe, or so I thought. Then he went to disembark through that gap, and I was like, oh, no, no, you can't disembark through that gap. He was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I can, and got the tape measure out, and then immediately knocked the terrain. And then we were like, well, we're now, we can't. I know it's just, but all I had to do in the previous turn was go, and I'm going to pile in and consolidate into these two places so that you can't get through this gap. Do you agree? Yeah. Um, and ra- I think I need to do that more rather than going for them. <laughs> you fell for my plan. And then sometimes it doesn't actually work. So yeah. that's a big push for me is really clear. Because I know being on the receiving end of it, when an opponent is like, right, and this goes 10, and this will be a blah, blah charge, that makes me feel like they're definitely being really open and honest yeah. and that sort of thing, rather than just going, poof, poof the models are flying around everywhere and you're like i assume you're measuring correctly but when i know that they're clearly being accurate and careful in front of me that means that i'm going to be a lot more relaxed and not like staring over and like mm. being like oh, stop moving an extra three inches kind of <laughs> i find that helps me for almost remembering things because i'm saying it like and i'm doing this because of this it means that later in the turn i've got that kind of a, almost right. a mental note of it and also if you said it and this unit, I guess, will do cleanse, and then you come back, and then when you go, oh shit, I forgot to do cleanse. The person goes, well, you said you were going to do it when you and that's kind of how it goes. The funny thing is, it's um, it's an equalizer, so against good players, it makes you more likely to win because you agree between you that the thing you're doing works. Yeah. Against worse players, it lets them understand how you're trying to play the game in a way yeah, that they yeah, might yeah. not have, understood, which is fine because you should just yeah. beat them anyway. Um, but like it, it is funny because I'll I'll say loads of stuff at a table and I'll realize that like my opponent does yeah. something in response. I'm like, you would have never thought to do that if you hadn't, because like you uh... because you're, you're playing against an army that you don't know well or or what have you. Yeah. Not saying that yeah. I'm just like some sort of fucking four D chess master. But I'm I'm okay with that. Like I would rather. Um, I, I at this point I'm just like it feels like going to the events is practice for events so it doesn't really yeah, matter yeah. how you do as long as you do you feel like you've done well um so i'd always rather play against the highest caliber oppo- opponent i can and if that's someone who's not super experienced then me saying this is what i'm doing this is how i'm doing it so that they understand and they can make their own game plan i'd rather have that and you know the one in like 50 yeah. times it backfires on you fuck it it's what it is you yeah. feel better about it 
Yeah. It was still a more enjoyable game for you overall. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that is it. Um, keep watching this space. Have a lovely evening. You're all fantastic people. Hugs and kisses.